Good morning, good morning, Rabotai. I'll, ap- I'll apologize for yesterday and to the sponsors from yesterday's shiur because uh, unfortunately I wasn't feeling well in the morning, so I, uh, I, didn't, uh, I didn't give the class. I apologize. Mechila. Um, breakfast today is sponsored in loving memory of Moshe Daba Halava Shalom, Lilu Nishmat Moshe Ben Gilsom, sponsored by Yvette Daba, Hayim, Isaac, Ezra, and Gila. Breakfast is also sponsored in loving memory and Lilu Nishmat Sarabat Yosef Alea Shalom, sponsored by Deborah and Asher Roshan Zamir. Okay, Rabutai, I, uh, I saw a magnificent idea. It's brought down in the name of a Sefer Roshem Samim. And the Sefer says as follows The Zohar teaches us that when somebody experiences a situation where they're praying, and they're praying with no kavanah, what do we know from the words of Hazal, from the words of our, uh, our rabbis, that when someone prays without any thought, without any intent, without any focus, they're just saying the words, they came to the synagogue, they're doing their due diligence, but they're not actually praying and thinking what each word means. They're not thinking or asking God for what they need. They're not praising God. When it's praise, they're just saying, they're doing that, okay? So what, what happens to such a tefillah? The, the Chazal explained to us, our rabbis say, that that tefillah, uh, a prayer without focus and intent, is kiguf beli neshama. It's like a body without a soul. What's a body without a soul? It's dead. So it's, you'd think that a tefillah without intention, barminan, it's like a dead body. And you know what? That's a very scary thought. I think for everybody, myself included. Because how often are you praying and you have something on your mind? Something is going on over here, something is going on over there. You got something going on in business. You know, one of the Hasidic masters used to say, Ele barechev ve'ele basusim. What does that mean? These with horses, these with chariots, us with just by mentioning the name of God. You know, it's talking about war. You know, they would fight with the chariots and with horses, but we fight with the name of God with our prayers and with our tefillah. But with this Hasidic master, what he said was something magnificent. He says, the nations of the world, if they want to go to Paris, or they want to go to Italy, or they want to go to, to uh, St. Louis, so what do they need in order to get there? They need a car, they need a plane, they need a, a chariot, they need a horse. But if you're a Jewish guy, you're sitting in the synagogue, all it takes is B'Shem Hashem Naski, you mention Hashem's name. All of a sudden you're in Brooklyn, you're in Lakewood, you're in Great Adventures, you're on vacation, because your mind is taking you to all these other places. The placement of a person is where their mind is at. Now, the crazy thing about this Rabotai is that the Zohar says, in order to, a person should not be uh, discouraged, the Zohar says that when someone prays a prayer like this, or if he studies Torah, Shiloh Lishma, not for the sake of heaven, what happens to his Torah and what happens to his prayers? The, the Zohar explains in Parashat Pikudei, he says that the prayers go up to the heavens, but they can't penetrate the highest heavens. So they sit there in the rakia. They've left this world because they don't belong here, but they also can't enter into the spiritual realm of heaven because they weren't said with intention. That intention imbues the physical words with spiritual intent, with divine intent. So the key to getting into shamayim is the kavana, which animates those words. So it sits and it floats. The Torah, the same thing. The Torah that was learned, but it wasn't done lishma for the sake of heaven. It's just uh, knowledge. So it sits there. But what happens to those words? 
the Zohar says that when a person then prays with tremendous kavanah, something happens in their life, and they have a breakthrough prayer, they all of a sudden they experience you know, a challenge in, in their relationship with their family or with their business or, uh, you know, with their, with their children. And all of a sudden the guy's praying, from the depths of his heart. You know what happens when that prayer punches a hole through into the heavens? What happens to all the prayers that were sitting there waiting alongside it? They all go through together as well. Rabotai, I want to share with you, and I think that this is such a powerful concept. He says that that's the Peshat and the Pasuk, when it says, This shall be the Torah of the Mitzorah, in the day that he becomes pure. Those words are very strange. This shall be the Torah of the Mitzorah. What does it mean, this shall be the Torah of the Mitzorah? And he explains, magnificent. He says, When the person becomes pure, when the person does teshuvah, when the person prays with great uh, zeal and, uh, and, and uh, fervor and emotion, when the person learns Torah and they have a breakthrough class, they feel like the neshama is on fire. The Torah really lit them up. In that moment, it's this punching through of the very heavens and everything that was sitting there waiting all of a sudden falls into place. Rabotai, we find a similar example brought by the Vilna Gaon. The Vilna Gaon says... In the, in the words of Shema, it says, Please place my words on your hearts. Ask the Vilna Gaon, Surely it would have been more beneficial to place God's words not on your heart, but in your heart. What does it mean? And the Vilna Gaon answers, Of course it would be better. But unfortunately, it is not the experience of every person at every time, to be able to put something in their heart because their heart is closed. Says the Pasuk, it doesn't matter. Place it, stack it. It's like all the words of advice that you give your kid when they're a teenager. And they say to themselves, I don't really need any advice. I'm the smartest person on the face of the planet. If that's the case, the heart is closed to wisdom. But then something happens when they realize that this startup that they thought was going to make them a billionaire fails. Or this decision that they made to go out with this girl against your advice actually shows them that the girl was the girl that you said she was. Or something happens with their friends and you give them advice and they take the opposite advice and then all of a sudden they realize that if they would have listened to you, what would have happened? In that second, there's an opening of the heart and all the other things that you said to them also now gain validity and fall into their heart. So sometimes we think that our words are falling on deaf ears with the ones that we love, the ones that we care about. They're not. They're on the heart. Sometimes we think our prayers didn't manage to penetrate and they've gone down the drain. They haven't. They're waiting to be accepted. But when a person finally does that moment of teshuvah, that moment of excitement, that moment of, of Torah l'shma, all of a sudden everything else goes up together with it. <clears throat> so I, I thought to myself when I was reading this, what a magnificent story and what a connection this would be. There was a rabbi who was approached by one of his religious students. And the rabbi says, uh, the, the student says, Rabbi, I don't know how to say this to you. You know, I know that I'm, uh, what's it called, a young man. But my father-in-law, who's very close with the rabbi, he's a very religious man, very connected. He doesn't pray. The rabbi says, what are you talking about? 
Your father-in-law is one of the most religious people in the whole community. He has Yirat Shamayim like you can't believe. There's no way he doesn't pray. When do you pray? He says, I prayed 9 o'clock. He says, that's the answer. He goes to the 6.15. He says, Rabbi, I don't think so. He says, you know what? If, if you're right, I want you to follow him for a couple of days. See if he prays. But actually see. Go to the early minyan. Go to the middle minyan. Go to the late minyan. Go to all the minyanim. See if he's actually praying. And if, if after two, three days you see you're right and he's not praying at all, <clears throat> just go to him and give him a message that the rabbi wants to speak to him. The rabbi asked to speak to him. And I'll, I'll talk about I'll talk to him about it. Day goes by. Two days go by. Three day, the guy's worst fears are confirmed. His religious father-in-law that he just married into the family must be a sketch. He doesn't pray at all, ever. He goes up to his father-in-law and he says, uh, he says, Dad, you know, the rabbi said, he asked me to tell you that he wants to speak to you. The guy turns white. Rabbi wants to speak to me. You know, the son-in-law says, oh, he sees a guilty conscience. The guy turns up to the rabbi and he's a bit embarrassed. And he says, Rabbi, you wanted to speak to me? And listen to what the rabbi said. He said, I heard someone told me that you don't pray anymore. Is this true? And the man, he turns all shades of blue and he says, he says, it's true. He said, why? He says, I want to tell you, Rabbi, there's one thing I learned from my father more than anything else. And that is, emet. To always be true. Never to play games. He says, I'm coming to shul. I'm an ADD guy. Five seconds after I open the book, I'm not even in the synagogue anymore. You know, I'm looking, I'm joking around with this guy, with that guy. I can't focus on the prayers. So even if I say the words, I didn't mean any of them. And I said, after a while, I started to think to myself, if I'm such a person, if my whole life revolves around emet, how can I turn up to shul every day and not pray from my heart? So I decided, you know what? Better not to pray at all. Listen to what the rabbi said to him. Unbelievable. The rabbi pulls out a sefer, a, 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 a pasuk in Sefer Tehillim. Listen to this pasuk. Hashem yispor b'chitov amim ze yulad sham sela. The pasuk is talking in chapter 87 in Tehillim. It's talking about how Yerushalayim produces such special people connected to God. And it says, Hashem yispor b'chitov amim God. He counts b'chitov amim. Uh, when he writes down all the nations, the nations of the world, he writes down each person and he says about them, ze yulad sham. This great non-Jewish person was born in uh, Venice. This great non-Jewish person, where was he born? He was born in uh, Zimbabwe. He writes down where they were born. The rabbi said, I have a different Peshat in the Pesuk. He says, you know what my Peshat is? The guy says, what? He says, when a person prays, God in heaven looks at the way he prayed. And if he prayed and it wasn't in anything, you know what he does? He writes down on a piece of paper in Shamaim, he writes down a zero. After all, you didn't have any intention. And then you prayed again the next day and God says, oh, maybe today, zero. And then the zero. Every day the guy is just all over the place. He learns Torah. He's not L'Shem Shamayim. He doesn't misvah. No, not the right intentions. For honor, for whatever. Zero. Zero, 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 zero. All of a sudden the guy comes and one day, I don't know what happened, Tishuba, the rabbi gave a class, he ate a good sambusak, whatever the reason is, he's in a good zone, he does a mitzvah the right way. God has a choice. At the end of this long line of hundreds of zeros, God could write a one all the way on the right, and then it's zero, 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 one. Or God could take that one and he could write it on the left. And then what does he have? 
trillions upon trillions upon trillions. He says that's what the Pasuk means. When God writes in his book, how does God write? Ze Hashem when God counts, he counts Bechtov Amin, the way the nations of the world count. In Hebrew, how do we write? We write from right to left. But how do the nations of the world write and count? They count from left to right. So where does God put the, the letter? Puts it. He says, all of your prayers that you feel are not emet, they're not working, they're there. It's just a matter of one tefillah, one moment where you broke through. Now all of a sudden, instead of having one, you have a hundred trillion, you know, Google, whatever the number is of a trillion zeros afterwards, right? That is the, the power. So I feel like sometimes people feel disingenuous. They feel like if I'm not doing the mitzvah properly, why should I bother at all? You know what the answer is? The answer is that, that when the time comes and a person shows their true intentions and they show how much they want to do it right, HaKadosh Baruch Hu counts and considers all of those half-done mitzvot as being not half-done, but the best way to have a steak, yani medium rare. And Hashem says, in that moment, I, I consider all of these mitzvot to have elevated and come to Shammai together. And you deserve the most reward and beracha for each and every one of them. Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen ve